Welcome to the Marketing Science Podcast, the podcast for sales and marketing professionals working within science, engineering, and healthcare. In this week's episode, Azo Network Head of Marketing, Frank Barker, is joined by the Marketing Manager at Extronics, Stuart Milne. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us. And our guest today is in a very unique position of having worked both as a marketer for Azo Network and before moving on to a client uh, working for Extronics. He's a chartered marketer with 10 years experience of digital marketing. I'd like to welcome Mr. Stuart Milne. Stuart, thanks for joining us. Great to have you here. Thanks a lot, Frank. Um, Cool. So do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about Extronics and the products that you sell, the industries that you serve? Absolutely, yeah. So Extronics is a hazardous area equipment manufacturer. We specialize in things like asset tracking, personnel tracking for worker safety, for asset management in areas like the process industries. We also specialize in wireless infrastructure in hazardous areas, so deploying Wi-Fi, for example, in a process industry environment where there's lots of explosive atmospheres or potential for explosions and you need specialist equipment to go into those environments. So we we specialize in that particular type of equipment. We also specialize in things like universal power systems, backup power systems, UPSs as they're called, which allow clients and customers who operate offshore rigs, for example, to ensure that critical equipment doesn't fail in the field if the mains power or whatever power is powering their uh, equipment stops working. And we also offer bespoke systems as well if there's anything unusual that a customer needs um, that we don't have from our main product lines. So yeah, it, in a sort of nutshell, we, we're hazardous area specialists and we've been doing it for over 25 years now and are, are sort of well-known within the industry. The typical sort of markets that we serve are, are sort of oil and gas, chemical, um, pharma, mining, those type of harsh or industrial settings where there's potential for uh, hazardous area environments. So that kind of gives you an idea in a nutshell of who we are and what we what we operate. Wow. So it sounds like reputation is, is a big part of Extronics. It's very important to have a, a sound reputation for safety, especially with some of those words, explosive, hazardous area environments. What's the cost of getting it wrong? I presume you don't get it wrong very often. And if you do, you go out of business. Yeah, I think the cost of getting it wrong is human life is basically what it comes down to. And when, when we talk about hazardous areas, there's obviously a lot of industry known and industry recognized certifications that are developed by governments around the world, which dictate what you can and cannot do within certain environments. And these hazardous areas are segmented down into lots of different types of environments. And you have to ensure that the equipment you're sending into that environment is certified to the right level. So our equipment comes in various different forms and various different certification levels, depending on the uh, the customer's requirements. So yeah, we ensure that we're doing our bit by providing rugged certified equipment that has passed all the legal requirements and certification requirements that are required for wherever it is in the world. Um, and that means that the customer can feel confident that what they're getting is not going to be the cause of a potential explosion in that environment. And fortunately enough, a lot of these environments that are operated are safe in in the sense that, they're, that there's not explosions going on all the time. So it's not like the, the, they're unsafe. It's just removing the possibility of an explosion which could have an impact on human life. So, yeah, it's really, really important that companies 
buy equipment, regardless of what it is, whether it's stuff that they need from us or other equipment that needs to go in the hazardous area that meets those requirements. So yeah, there is a big risk there, but as long as you're buying from a reputable manufacturer or supplier like Extronics, you can be assured that you're getting a, a certified piece of equipment. Okay. What about the marketing? So you head up the marketing efforts. How many marketing hats are you wearing on a daily basis? You know, what does a, a typical day look like for you? Yeah, it's a really good question. So we're an SME, so the marketing department is me. There isn't a team of people behind me that we can segment different jobs and tasks out to. So I do find myself required in other aspects of marketing and sales and product management that you maybe wouldn't typically see in a, in a larger organization. So my role sits very much firmly within that kind of three department triangle, if you will, with sales, product management and marketing kind of working very closely together to ensure that we can cover off all the things that we need to do to communicate our message and our product information effectively to to the customers, whichever channel that we decide it needs to go through. So yeah, on a day-to-day basis, I can be developing campaigns purely to promote a new product, or I can be working with sales for a requirement where a customer is needing a certain type of information about previous projects to justify spend um, for their investment, or I could be working with product management to ensure that data sheets and product information is is accurate and up to date. So it's, it, it is a varied role day to day, but that's a good thing, I think, because it gives you much more insight into the, the overall operations of the business and you get more of a sense of, of what's required um, at a customer level. How much of your tasks do you typically outsource? So yeah, obviously being a one-man marketing team, we, we do require external resources. So we we work with the, the Likesways Network um, to help us with things like SEO and, and some of our analytics and our, and our copywriting capabilities. We also work with other agencies that support us in our graphic design and our campaign strategy and our, and our sort of automation management. And then obviously on the website side of life, we work with um, an agency that helps us develop the website and get the most out of it so without those resources it would be very very difficult to sort of operate the the marketing um, function in an sme so they are critical to the day-to-day and to the long-term strategy yeah well many hats and project management being one of them i can see you'll have a very busy daily routine so tell us about your main objectives then as you are the marketing department what are how are you measured as a marketer yeah it's a really good question so For me, the objective is really to help build pipeline growth. Can we generate enough high quality inquiries that fill the pipeline and help grow the business? Everything stems into that. So all the the marketing strategies that we that we develop, all the campaigns we develop, all the things we do with the different departments around the business is all geared towards um, helping pipeline growth. So that is the key KPI, if you will. Under that, there are certain things at a marketing level that are required to sort of keep an eye on or to monitor and have sort of goals or targets against, such as particular lead generation, a certain segment or a certain product line. But again, it all filters up to that that pipeline growth. Are we generating more high quality inquiries than we were last year and the year before? And is it is it improving in quality? So that that's how we've streamlined our success measures uh, as a business. I think it's not uncommon for people to get caught up in too much analysis and, and get this paralysis by analysis, if you will, where where you, you're looking at so many statistics that you kind of lose focus on what the key one is. So we really stripped it back over the last couple of years and decided that we need to be aligned with all the other departments in the business and focus on that pipeline growth. And that that's so that's where our 
our main objectives are, are directed towards. Okay, and as with a lot of uh, our industrial marketers who are clients of ours, the industries they work in, they have long sales cycles. Is that the case for you? What's a typical sales cycle look like? Just the way that you're talking about pipeline growth, it sounds like it's uh, over a year. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it, it can vary, but yeah, traditionally on average, you're talking something anywhere between six months and 12 months for a typical project. But there are certain scenarios where we sell sort of off-the-shelf products, uh, things like barcode scanners, which don't necessarily require a long sales cycle. So they can be same day almost. But for our, our main core of our business, our wireless products uh, and our RTLS products, they are bigger projects. They're part of a wider narrative within the businesses that we're selling into around digitalization. And we form a part of that requirement. So therefore, they can vary in length. But you're talking yeah, six months, 12 months plus in some instances. And then how many sort of decision makers would be involved in a process like that? And then how does that impact the kind of collateral that you create and part, as part of your marketing strategy? Again, it can vary, but you you are talking multiple stakeholders uh, have to be involved, not just at an end user level, but also at the next level up, a partner level. So depending on what route to market this inquiry or particular inquiries come through, you might have three or four layers of, of decision-making units that you've got to work with. So that could be a channel partner that we have in the area, a local channel partner that, that's generated the original inquiry. You might have a system integrator that's designing the overall solution for the customer. And then you've got the end user and anyone else that's involved in that process. So you can be talking at 5, 10, 15, 20 people that are involved in a project. It just depends on the scale of the project, how many layers removed you are from the end user. But yeah, they are tend to be fairly big decision-making units with a couple of people that are overall responsible for the solution. And they are the ones we focus on, but we need to support the wider team as well to make sure everybody gets what they need out of the requirements that they're requesting of us. And with the complex nature of the systems and the products that you sell, how do you effectively communicate the features, the benefits to the different target personas? Yeah, so this gets to the core of, uh, of the strategy, really, for us as a marketing operation at Extronics. It's very much about education. When you're dealing with technical products like we offer, a lot of the time the end users don't have the level of expertise in that particular solution. So we want to sort of take it right back to educating people and developing thought leadership around the overall features, benefits of a particular type of technology or a particular solution that they can use to solve their problem. We're not necessarily looking to talk purely about Extronics products. We're also looking to show people and educate people about the wider solution sets that are available to them on the market so that people get a real sense of trust with our brand and can recognize that we know what we're talking about. So when it comes to content marketing, that's what our strategy is built around. It's, it's built around taking people from the top of the funnel, what are the sort of basic questions people need to understand and the answers they need, listening to the audience that we have, listening to the sales guys and their feedback from the customer uh, customer side, what things are, are they unsure about, what are new questions that are popping up, developing content around that as well so that we can feed that into the middle of the funnel and then taking them through that process and saying, well, here's your education, now here's how Extronics can kind of help you in that in that area. So yeah, everything that you see coming out from our marketing is definitely driven around education and thought leadership. Excellent. Right. So which tactics and channels do you find typically work best? So from a channel perspective, it can be quite difficult for um, an SME that 
doesn't necessarily sell directly to the end user because you don't have a direct line of communication with the end user very often. Like I said before, we're, we're dealing with partners or system integrators that are working on behalf of the end user to develop a solution and they need our technology or our equipment to kind of help support that, that solution they're developing. So we have to be smart with the way that we deliver our messaging. We work very closely in, with, with our partners to ensure that they have everything they need for their local on the ground marketing. So we'll help them with their material and, and provide them with information that's re- necessary in that particular area of the world and that that tends to sort of peter down from the overarching strategy of what we're developing as a company for our global sort of narrative and brand messaging but also we'll do targeted campaigns through things like LinkedIn where we can reach a much wider set of audience members around the world target them by job title or function uh, seniority we can do lookalike audiences things like that that help us uh, really sort of deliver campaigns on particular products at that point in time to an interested audience we do email marketing as well although that's sort of reducing over time because we see other channels being more effective for us as a business um, everybody's getting a lot of sort of promotional email material these days so trying to cut through that to get to the right person at the right time can be difficult with email marketing whereas something like content marketing that helps build demand on a long-term basis is a much more effective effective strategy and tactic. So it, it depends on what we're trying to deliver, really, Frankie. I mean, if there's a certain campaign or a product launch going on, we'll, we'll deploy all of these tactics. But if we're looking just to educate the market, we may just be producing high-quality content that goes out on our website and then through our LinkedIn feed or something like that. But we deploy a mix, really, to try and sort of educate the end user so they can influence the conversation when they're having these meetings with the system integrators or their local partners or whatever it might be. They can say, oh, have you have you seen Extronic Solution? Is that something we can, we can leverage? So, uh, yeah, it's just about getting the brand message out there and supporting that narrative. So you say that content marketing is more effective than the email marketing for you guys. How do you ensure that somebody finds your content? What kind of search terms would, would somebody use to, to find you? Yeah, it's a good question. So SEO has obviously been an important part of the journey for us over the last couple of years. We have didn't really do much of it before I joined the business and then recognized that obviously we need to be ranking for particular terms in these areas if we're going to be found via a Google search in the first instance. So underpinning the content strategy is obviously having having strong keywords and it does it does vary depending on the product range. So it's not like any one particular keyword that I can give you that will cover everything but if we use an example of our wireless product range which is the boxes if you will that you can put a wi-fi ap into and then deploy in a hazardous area people might be searching for ex wireless for example or ex wi-fi ap or hazardous area wi-fi or zone one wi-fi enclosure or ap or something along those lines because People don't necessarily understand what it requires to take Wi-Fi into into a hazardous area, but they know that they need something. They can't just take a standard Wi-Fi unit from Cisco, for example, and stick it into a hazardous area. There needs to be a bit more behind it. There needs to be a certified element to it. So I think when it comes to an end user level and what they're searching for, they will probably most likely be driven by the certification requirements, right? I've got a zone one environment, hazardous environment, which is a classification of hazardous area. So they'll use that in their search term, right? Zone one Wi-Fi AP or something like that. So we have to ensure that it's not just our product keywords that are strong, but it's the 
overarching driver behind why somebody would need that product in the first place, i.e. they need to put it in a zone one environment, therefore that's going to be in their search term. So we've worked really hard with with you guys at Azo and, and the SEO team to ensure that we're, we're matching those keywords. I think certainly over the last sort of couple of years, we've started to see that that's pay dividends where we're, we're ranking more often. We've got good content to back it up as well. So we're not just sending people to a product page. They're getting information about what is required and what are the sort of things that they need to understand to deploy a successful solution in their area. So yeah, I think, I think SEO, improving your SEO for the search terms you want to rank for is really, really important to the overall strategy for getting people to the solution that ultimately we know we can deliver for them. Yeah. I mean, it sounds very complex, the, the kind of long tail search terms that you've got, these engineering and industrial marketing searches. Like you, I imagine you get very low search volume for it, but when the search does come in, it's it's bang on. It's very qualified. It's somebody who has a specific niche problem that only you guys can sell. Yeah, th- there is an element of that, Frankie. You're right. There's There's definitely a long tail search element to it. We're not dealing in widgets where somebody can just put one word into a search engine and, and get what they need. There is a level of complexity to, to this, which is inherently inherent to the sort of industries and products we, we operate. So yeah, you have to be cognizant of that. But at the same time, you, you, you don't want to rely on your long tail keyword chains because that is a very specific type of search. If somebody is putting in a long tail keyword search into Google, they've probably already gone through a level of education and research to kind of understand a specific thing they need. So you do have to draw on content as well that fits the bill further up the funnel to sort of educate people at an earlier stage in their buying cycle. So things like what is an EXD enclosure? That's that's a type of uh, certification for a particular type of enclosure that will be used in a particular area of a process industry or has this area environment. And there'll be very, there's lots of different other types you can buy as well. So you, you kind of have to make sure people understand the differences as well, which is more top of the funnel education. So it's, it's about finding that balance and making sure that we're answering the questions that people have at every step of the journey, not just the long tail keyword chains, but also the sort of more shorter two, three, four word ones as well, which is important. And I, sp- I suppose once you've sold a system or you know, you, you've got, got a client on board, these kind of big industrial or engineering type clients, how do you then build the long-term relationship? I presume we're talking an average order value of hundreds of thousands rather than to tens of thousands or, or maybe even more? It can vary. Again, it just depends on the size of the deployment, the particular customer in question. But yeah, you can be talking anywhere from thousands to, to hundreds of thousands. It really just depends. Yeah. So how do you then build that relationship and, and ensure that you delight the client and, and they keep coming back for more and you're the first person that they think of when they need another solution? Yeah. And, th- and this is where marketing sort of transcends just the marketing operation. This is where you need to have a very close relationship with your sales and your product management teams and, and, and your technical services teams as well. If you're a manufacturer developing complex systems, there's always an aftercare element. There's always a, a customer maintenance agreement or something that that, that that continues with the product once it's been shipped. So delighting the customer is a big part of, of that process, not just from the sales at the front end where they're selling the, the system and providing all the information that the customer needs and requires to justify the spend. But once you've actually sold it, it's taking them on that journey with you so that they can install it correctly. They feel that they're comfortable in what they're doing once it's in place. They have that sort of 
that period of time where they're being supported by us to get it up and running, all of these things require marketing input because you need to provide information to them, whether it's a support documentation, whether it's a sort of follow-up on particular questions that they have, and we might have resources that they can support, whether it be video content or a webinar or a piece of blog material or something like that that can kind of help answer those particular those hurdles that they're trying to get over. Because a lot of these systems, when you're talking about technical products in process industry environments, they're not plug and play all the time. Every site's different. Every customer's got different requirements, different unique elements to their particular site that, that you have to kind of address. So you can draw on experience and draw on things that you've developed as a marketing team, along with the sales guys and product management and technical services, and then use that in future conversations and future customer care. So marketing really, for me, isn't just about your isolated department. It's evolved now into a cross-departmental mentality that has that sort of delight element to it, that customer care, that customer satisfaction, removing the friction making the customer feel loved as our as our sales manager calls it really really emphasizing that relationship and i think that's incredibly important um with with solutions and products it's so much more than just well just that front end advertising and, and bringing them in now isn't it? it it runs through the core of the company marketing sales so the way that your finance people deal with the invoicing process and all the way through to customer service success and then you know, any resale opportunities it, it really does touch all departments i, I feel Cool. So just sort of taking stock now, if you were to give advice to an industrial marketer or someone working in engineering, marketing, that that sort of niche focus, what would you say to somebody starting in a, let's say a small to medium sized business? What advice would you give that person? The first bit of advice I would say is develop good content. So listen to your customers and develop the content based on what they're asking. That's goal number one. If you can get that right, it makes the whole process of conversation beyond that point, even across your internal departments, that wherever the customer is coming into your business and asking a question, it makes everything easier. So listen to your customers, listen to your internal department, make use of the resources you've got in-house. You've got most SMEs that are developing technical B2B products have a lot of in-house expertise that are untapped. And those people are critical to developing good content because they are a resource or a a well of information that's important for your customers it's just about creating an environment where they can get that information out whether it be in a podcast or in a webinar or on paper or in a pdf or on a blog or whatever it is so that would definitely be my advice is understand what your customers are asking understand what resources and expertise you have in house and develop a content strategy around that and that will make the whole process of your future marketing that much easier excellent and what's the thing you're most proud of since you've uh, you joined the team at extronics i haven't really thought about that no one's really asked me that question before so i think i think i'm pleased with What I'm really pleased with is the fact that we've taken a company that traditionally didn't operate a digital marketing strategy and we've built a very strong foundation for a digital marketing strategy that now has the potential to grow over the next sort of two, three, four, five years into a really sustainable engine of of digital marketing. That's been really pleasing because not a lot of SMEs have um, experience in digital marketing and I think it takes a 
a step change in mentality to understand the requirements and what's needed and the benefits of doing it as, as the world is moving on and um, print and material and things like that are becoming less and less effective. So yeah, I'd say that's probably my biggest achievement and overarching level is, is taking a company that didn't have a digital marketing strategy, developing one and implementing it. How do you think industrial marketing will develop over the next few years? And what do you see yourself doing over the next few years? Um, how do I see it developing over the next few years? I think demand generation is the way that the world's going with marketing. Gone are the days where you can buy an ad space or sell a product based on ads or something like that, where, where you're doing a very one-to-one transaction, um, particularly with technical products. That makes sense for for shorter-term widget-type systems. You can sell product that way, but I'm not saying it's not an effective strategy, but certainly for technical products i think the 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 way that the the user is engaging or the customer is engaging with businesses now is is about education it's about building demand it's removing yourself from a company perspective focused on selling products and taking it back to more of a how can we help our audience how can we help our customers how can we help the people that have a, a need or, or or have got a pain point and how can we help them on their journey regardless of not whether or not they end up buying from you that's a really important point a lot of the time people get focused on their own products and their own systems and that's fine because that's what you're trying to sell and that's important material but it's really really important to remember that your company probably has a lot of gray space or a lot of crossover with other companies that operate in a similar field and have a similar set of solutions they might not be a direct competitor but they might have something that complements or or challenges your own solution set. So being able to sh- demonstrate that you're, you just have a, a desire to help the overall industry and, and help it improve along the way that it's going is vital to your brand identity, vital to that trust element that people have. So I think building that demand in the marketplace by demonstrating those those aspects is, is really important. Thinking customer first and then then your business. What can we do to support our customers? Not thinking what can we do to improve our sales? As soon as you take that mentality, everything just becomes really focused in and um, and, and you get this tunnel vision almost and, and you forget about what the customer necessarily needs. So I think that's how I see it developing. I see people recognizing that more and more and starting to develop that thought leader, demand generation, educational type content. And I think that will filter through into all sorts of automation technology, all sorts of outbound material, all sorts of, webinar podcast things like that the thing, things that other industries like b2c have been doing for years and, and this sort of industrial sector starting to catch up a little bit and see the benefits so i think we're definitely on that that journey at the minute a big thanks to Stu for sharing his time and expertise with us all today if you've enjoyed listening then please think about leaving a review on your podcast provider sharing this episode on social media or with a colleague who you think might enjoy it too This podcast was edited by Jao Pinto and brought to you by Azo Network. We'll be back again soon with more special guests for the marketing science community. We hope you can join us then. And until next time, take care and thanks for listening.